Marhaba, and welcome to the Matrix Green Pill, where real people connect. Hello and welcome back to the Matrix Green Pill podcast. I am Hilmarie Hutchison, and today I am so excited about the guest we have on the show, Wendy Shaw. Wendy is a well-known trainer and coach here in Dubai, and today we are going to be talking all things related to training, coaching, including NLP, embraining, and positivity. Welcome to the show, Wendy, and thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you for the invite. It's great to be here. Many of our listeners will definitely already know you and your story, but for those who don't, could you please introduce yourself? Okay, I'm Wendy Shaw. I'm from the UK. Uh, southwest. My family mainly comes from Cornwall, but I was actually born and bred in Devon, which is just the other side of the river. I came to Dubai way back in October 2000, 21 years ago. And what brought me here initially was Uncle Jack. He sent me a text message one day while I was working in London. And I sort of said, why don't you come to Dubai? And I couldn't think of a single reason not to. So I thought I'd come here for a couple of years. And I think I've forgotten to leave. It's a great lifestyle. Love the winter months here. And I can't think of anywhere else I'd rather be. So many people have that experience. They come and they plan to be there for a couple of years and then they find out they absolutely love Dubai and then they end up staying for good. So it's not an uncommon experience. So when you got to Dubai, what did you get involved in? I packed up and came with no job to come to. Same with Uncle Jack initially. I arrived in the October. I think I spent the first three weeks just lying on the beach, soaking up sun. It was quite hectic, sort of leaving the UK. I think I had three different leaving parties. It was recovery time and the sun was shining and I was living close to the beach. So from there, I started sort of applying for different roles and learning to drive in Dubai. So back in those days, I actually avoided driving on Sheikhzayed Road, which is now like seven lanes of craziness. I think back then it was about four in parts, five lanes, but I choose the quieter roads initially and just finding my bearings, going for interviews and things. And yeah, I did a job share at Matrix PR for a while. So I would sort of work some afternoons and sort of go off and do interviews in the mornings. So exciting stuff. I almost worked at the Dusitani Hotel, which was pre-opening back then. And then I didn't take that role. I started work at Crown Plaza Dubai on Shakeside Road, which was kind of the first building on that strip way back then. Fell in love with my job. I loved the people. and loved my apartment. I loved the learning and growth I got. Intercontinental Hotels Group has got the most amazing sort of training structure, learning the different tools and different programs, putting me through as a participant initially before I would then sort of co-deliver and then deliver the different programs. So in fact, lots of structure, which I think up until then in my previous roles, I'm 100% sure that I was doing it right. You know, I was doing the best that I could with the knowledge I had at that time, but having so much structure and you know the corporate materials were really well designed and I got even had the privilege I think of being involved with some of the corporate programs on the global level so yeah 
really, really enjoy it. Excellent. So then from there, somewhere along the line, you got into your journey with NLP. How did that happen? It was 2001, I attended my first NLP program. People who are not familiar with neurolinguistic programming, it's really modeling excellence. So how is it that some people are brilliant at what they do? And if we were to discover their strategies, so how they think and what they say, what they do, what they say to themselves to be successful, If we knew those strategies, could we also do get the same results? And the answer is yes. So NLP, I remember actually feeling quite um, cross that, you know, I never got to learn NLP at school. And it's a real life skill. So useful because I'd always had this negative self-talk, not feeling good enough. At the hotel level, I was the only female department head. So sitting in those morning briefings, I'm feeling so inadequate. I'm surrounded by these hoteliers who were all brilliant at what they did and not having that inner confidence and belief in myself. Today, I think it's referred to as imposter syndrome. NLP sort of gave me some techniques to work on and develop myself. I remember going back to the hotel after that first program, just sitting around in that meeting, that big table thinking, well, yeah, I'm more than equal because nobody knows as much about training and development in this room as I do. Having that belief certainly changed my thoughts, my behaviours, and my you know my confidence levels as well. So compared to algebra, which I don't know how many hours I spent studying algebra at school, and I can't think of a single time in my life when I've applied that or needed it. Yeah, I why wasn't NLP? taught at school level should be part of the curriculum. That's my experience. So for those who don't understand what NLP means or, or what it is, can you unpack that a little bit more for us? How would you use it in your daily life and what impact does it have? Of course, I can hear for you it had a great impact, but for somebody that's never heard of it before, could you unpack it a little bit more for us? Neuro, how we think, linguistic, what we say and the language that we use and programming is our behaviours. So you think about, I think one of the biggest learnings for me was discovering that there's a whole series of presuppositions and beliefs of excellence. So respecting other people's models of the world is a huge one for me because in my model of the world, I'm 100% right in everything I think, everything I say and everything I do. The biggest challenge in the world is people interacting with others, they might not have the same beliefs. They might not have the same perspective of the world. Each of our journeys is so unique. So just having this whole model, if you like, of how to think. I love linguistics in terms of the words and language that we use because that gives me so many clues and insights into how other people are structuring their world. NLP is a great model. It's a tool, a great tool to have in your communications toolbox. I know it's had a bad reputation at times when people have abused it, but in a toolbox, you have a hammer. How you choose to use that hammer, you can use it to build something and, you know, as a useful tool, or you can use it in destructive ways. You know, how we use the tools that we have is, I'd say, crucial. You know, are we being ethical? Are we doing things to benefit others? Or are we using it to, you know, make, build us up 
and push others down? Are we using it to manipulate people? That's another one I think that's been um, linked to it. It's just a very a whole series of structures and processes to really unpack and kind of reprogram yourselves. I do believe we're we're massive victims of the environments that we grow up in. One of the topics I love in NLP is reframing. So how to take a negative and to flip it into a positive. And I think from my own personal experience, I had my two grandmothers. One of them was super positive and always saw positive things. And the other one was always sort of worried about all the negatives in life and complaining about the weather and things like that. So I remember one day sitting down and writing a a thank you letter. I think it was just after my birthday or something. And one of these letters was super positive. This is great. This is wonderful. And, you know, jolly happy stuff. And the other one, it was in doom and gloom. And I looked at these two letters and I think I was about 10, 11 years old and thought, you know, how can I be writing the same thing but to different people? You know, it was only sort of when I discovered NLP, I was actually building rapport because my positive grandmother, she wants to know all the positives. My negative grandmother wants to know all the struggles. Um, So reframing how you can turn a crisis into an opportunity, how you can change, flip things over. So changing the meanings of what something means can change our responses to it. I mean, NLP is so, so much. We've got so many different tools, but it's life skills. It's people skills, but it's also sort of inner confidence skills. There's a lot we look explore with um, self-talk. You know, are we building ourselves up? Are we encouraging ourselves to be our best? Or are we eating away at ourselves because that's what we focus on? If you're familiar with law of attraction, I think law of attraction is great because, you know, get focus on what you want rather than what you don't want. Because you can't think about what you don't want to think about without thinking about it. Unconscious minds cannot process these negatives. So if I say to you, don't think of a camel wearing pink striped pajamas, what are you thinking about? That's all you think about. <laughs> That's working with a lot of clients, especially in coaching, the first thing is what do you want? Focus what you want. A lot of people, they have problems and they're focusing on the problem. But if you're focusing on the problem, you get more of it because you're training your brain to zoom in on that. Flipping it over and into the positive is the very first step. You mentioned being 10 years old and of it sounds like you were even in tune in a way. You could see the differences even back then. From your experience, at what age should or could you expose children to NLP to teach them these life skills? Or is this something you should wait till, till later in life? Oh, what age? When I was doing my NLP master practitioner with Carol Tolbert, one of our coaches was actually choosing an NLP and she was pregnant at the time. So when it comes to how old should you start, based on what she knew about NLP, she'd set up some anchoring techniques um, on her tummy when she was carrying her her daughter. And one of them was a very smooth, gentle stroking. And she set that up while the baby was sleeping. And then when the baby started moving and kicking, she used like her fingers, almost like drumming or strumming on her tummy. So after her daughter was born, when she wanted her daughter to wake up, 
she would use the strumming fingers. And when she wanted her daughter to sleep, she'd do that stroking movement. Because those sensations were actually anchored to her when she was inside the room. You know, it was a great tool to set up and great to have a calming anchor. And also, uh, come on, wake up, let's get energized. So, yeah. It's absolutely ageless. I know that in the past, of course, you you would uh, have your NLP coaching sessions at a venue face-to-face. Are you able to do NLP through distance, through video, Zoom, these kinds of platforms, or is it better to do it in a face-to-face format? Personally, I prefer face-to-face because you pick up a lot more information. On Zoom, yes, you can see all their facial expressions. You can see head and shoulders. You don't, you miss out on so much information on what's going on with their hands, what gestures are going on. People do their, one leg is shaking or you can see a lot more information. Coaching clients one-on-one, I'm very comfortable doing it on Zoom. I do like to meet them if it's possible face-to-face the first session or even a discovery session to find out, you know, what's going on with them, what's their problem. I want to be able to get as much information as possible about all of the unconscious tells or little behaviors that are going on, because then I can sort of pick up and, and see when that's changed. Because when a problem has changed, then our behaviors change. I mean, Zoom is very possible. I know a lot of people are and teaching different topics on Zoom now. As long as it's engaging, uh, great. You can still get the same result. Personally, I know that I think we're, we're all a bit zoomed out at the moment with this Zoom fatigue. I like to be in person. I like to see whole people and really just immerse myself into that environment. You know, my home office is a great space and I'm set up for that purpose, but there's still lots of distractions. So, you know, I'm using my laptop, emails are still coming in. I've turned off the notifications, but I'm aware that they're still there. And if I'm disengaged or I'm not really interested in something, then it's easy to get sidetracked. I don't do that when I'm in a classroom environment. So that's my personal preference and it's different. That makes sense. I would guess also a one-to-one or a very small group, you'll be in touch more, even if it is distance. Whereas if there's a big group, I find often with Zoom, it's easy to, as you say, to check out and and get sidetracked with other things. In something like this, for sure, you'd want to be 100% focused to get the most out of it. Now, let's change gears and talk about embraining. I know this is a subject you love. So let's, first of all, go back and tell us, how did you get into embraining? Okay, well, NLP, you know, I did my first program way back in 2001. Then in 2005, I did the NLP practitioner with Carol Tolbert. When I joined Matrix Training Solutions, that time I did my master practitioner and I co-delivered about 35 NLP practitioner programs with Carol. So really got to know and understand, use and apply NLP in absolutely everything, all areas of my life. Loved it, loved it, loved it. And I was getting to that stage. It's like, great, this is, you know, I cannot not use NLP. It's so ingrained in me. Like anything, I got to the stage. It's like, oh, why next? What, you know, what, what's next? And I love learning. Somebody mentioned to me that a program about the multiple intelligences, you know, there's the head, the heart, and the gut. And I was like, oh, that sounds fascinating. And I don't know about you. You know, but when I'm investing in my own development, I want to know everything. I want to do research. Who's the trainer? 
What are the objectives of the program? What am I going to get out of it? How is it going to help me? And yet with Embraining, I literally just registered and paid straight away. It was almost like my gut instinct was just like, do it. So I did. Embraining is actually the next step, or no, it comes out of NLP. So NLP focuses on what we see, what we hear, what we feel, what we say to ourselves. So in terms of our senses and our modalities, it's the visual, the auditory, the kinesthetic, and the self-talk as well, the auditory digital. So two NLPers, Grant Susanoo and Marvin Oka, they had a conversation. So I said, well, what about the other two senses? What about smell and taste? And they started researching and discovered that the neuroscience is now catching up and now proves that we have an intelligence in the heart and another intelligence in the gut. And the more research that they did, the more they discovered that, wow, this is powerful stuff. And once you understand uh, the head, the heart, the gut brains, each have a different job description. You've got three people working together collectively, but each doing their own specific roles. But then being in congruence and working brilliantly together, you can get amazing results. This is what I discovered on the Emrady Coach program. With NLP, I absolutely love it. I used to do NLP, timeline therapy, hypnosis. And I used to offer one-to-one breakthrough sessions, which was imagine if there's multiple areas of your life that are just not great. So your relationship's not great. You're not happy at work. You're, you're not happy. Maybe you're not feeling as healthy and fit as you really want to be. That's multiple areas. So these breakthrough sessions, I used to spend a whole day applying absolutely, you know, a huge range of tools to lots of NLP to get through to the deeper level root cause problem and then timeline therapy, hypnosis, speech goals and kind of rebuild. When I discovered embraining, I was getting very similar results in 45 minutes, an hour, 90 minutes. And it's like, whoa, this is powerful, powerful stuff. Um, Because you're working with multiple aspects. Totally fell in love with it. The four-day coach program, I was asking about what's next. And I signed up to do trainers training. I think it was two months later. So that was 2015. I flew back to the UK. It was minus seven degrees. That was a shock. And I was so lucky that I got to train with both of the the Embraining Master Trainers, and Grant, who was one of the uh, co-founders. So I learned so much with that and got licensed to do three of the Embraining programs. Interestingly, we're just talking about Zoom and doing things online. It's been a global decision to not take the Embraining content online because we're working with on Zoom, you can only see the head and shoulders. We miss all of the gestures to the heart and to the gut. And, you know, that's really important when teaching coaches, leaders, managers, trainers, how to use embraining as modality. We spend a whole day exploring calibration skills. What do you see? What can you pick up? from the different intelligences. It always amazes me. I'm actually a bit like a a kid at Christmas when I'm getting prepared for the embraining programs. I wake up at three o'clock in the morning, super excited. Is it time yet? I want to get started. So yeah, I love the content and it's just so powerful. 
That's lovely. I love that. That's excellent. Do you think somebody that is experienced with NLP will get more out of embraining? Or maybe putting it another way, do you need to have NLP knowledge or experience to get the most out of embraining? Yes and no. I don't think it matters which you do first. I think NLP is brilliant as a personal development tool, as a professional development tool, as a management skill. But I also think embraining is equally impactful as a a life skill for yourself. But if you're working with other people, if you're working in a team, if you're making decisions, if you're working, if you're a leader, if you're a parent, all of this can help because you can use both NLP and M-Braining conversationally, but you can also use them independently as a structure to get specific results. So whether that's in a coaching context or a team context or a problem-solving context or a decision-making context or how you do life, you know, how are you doing you? How are you showing up to the company? Are we being our best selves? Are we living our best life? So all of both NLP and embraining give you so many tools. It's all reflection. How am I turning up? I think that's so, so important. Am I just um, clocking in, clocking out, doing what I have to do, looking forward to the weekend? Because that's not really living. If you just if you dread Sunday mornings or Monday mornings, it's just like, oh, I don't like my job much, but it um, gives me the weekend lifestyle that I really enjoy. That you're missing two thirds of your life simply by not loving what you do. So this is the end of part one of my two-part conversation with Wendy Shaw. Please tune in again next week to listen to part two. If you enjoy our conversations, please like and subscribe. See you next Wednesday.